You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Welcome to a very special Two Guys Talking Wine. No, we usually come out with these every two weeks on Tuesday, but it is also a fairly new thing. And I just want to let those of you listening know that we are trying to stay on top of things in a timely manner. And sometimes uh, there are exciting things going on that just can't wait two weeks to talk about. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Pincus. That is me, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and uh, I'm Michael Pincus from michaelpincuswinereview.com. I'm Andre Prue from andrewinereview.ca. And we are... And I, well, we are two guys talking wine, and I, I believe this week, uh, the reason you want to be timely is uh, something to do with uh, uh, what would have been the last week of February or the first week of March, depending on how you're looking at it, which was not, there is something called Ontario Wine Week, but this seemed to be an Ontario Wine Week. There was Taste Ontario on the Leap Day, which was the 29th of February, and of course, four days later, we had... Cuvée, which is the uh, premier event for Ontario wine. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. I've already got my calendar marked for 2017 and 2018. This is one of the must-attend events of the year. Uh, If anything, just because you get a lot of wineries in one place and you get a chance to taste a lot of good stuff in a very small time period. And uh, especially for Cuvée, it's it's what is considered their best wine. Yes, what what the what that winery hangs its hat upon? Yes, not sure how how true that is, but that'll be a comment that we say. And that's not saying that all the wines that were poured were not very good and and excellent. There's a lot of really fun stuff to taste, but I was actually really surprised by a lot of the wines that were poured. It's not saying that people weren't trying to show off, but uh, is it the stuff that people are necessarily hanging their hats on? Well, I'm looking at the list right now. I've got the the full list in front of me. Of course, I've got my own personal favorites. But, you know, if you look at somebody like 16 Mile Cellar Chardonnay, I, they're a Chardonnay Pinot place, and this is the Chardonnay that they wanted to uh, to showcase on. Um, Cattail Creek, uh, a Riesling, a mm-hmm. uh, small lot. That's that's what they're something they're focusing on these days is small lot. Mm-hmm. And they are known for having some of the oldest Riesling vines in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Um, Cave Spring, Riesling. Yeah, I'm looking down here, and I'm seeing some, you know, things that people should be holding their their hats upon. Shadow to Charm uh, for Reds, Aculeus. Uh, now that's their top tier red. That's something they always hang their hat on. Um, your turn. <laughs> well, I guess we can go through some of the things. Okay. Maybe there are because what I start doing is I guess I start going into my favorites. Uh, so, so, so we're talking I, I about the favorites, but what about um, what about which wineries hang their hats on Viognier? We had two wineries pouring Viognier. Well, uh, you're talking about um, Eastell. Now Viognier is a, a, a grape that uh, is is mostly known in the south of France. And we're starting to see some from all kinds of different regions in the world. And why not Ontario? 
Uh, my standout there, if I if I had to say, I, I really did like that Eastdale uh, 2014 um, Black Label Vionia. I thought that was was fantastic at that price, especially. No, it was, and I mean, like I said, I'm just being a bit of a smartass here right now. The ones that were poured were being were definitely great, but it was just there were a few surprises out there, and I guess that that is one of the things that make visiting uh, Cuvée. Um, just a pleasure to see what people are pouring i mean one of the the highlights from the past few years have been people using this event as an opportunity to either uh debut and uh i don't know if there were any new wineries there this year i tried to wake myself around the room as quickly as i could the only one that i saw actually brand new was i sellers estate and i understand that they are right beside uh, coyotes run opening up in may i talked to the uh talked to the owner i can't remember his name it was um a name that uh, it's a very loud room. Let's be honest. There's music playing. It's very dark. He handed me a card. Uh, I know he had a goatee, uh, and he wore a suit. But then so was everybody. All right. So, but it is a very loud room. Uh, so you know you really have to get very up close and personal to talk to you know to to talk to people. And uh, his name just I, I'm again I'm sorry I just didn't fully catch it but i do have his business card so yeah well there we go so people use this event to, to kind of launch and i mean it was exciting to see other wineries using it to debut new wines that you might not expect from them like malivore was pouring a sparkling wine one of my favorite whites of the night uh, that that sparkling wine is it's excellent i had a chance to taste it a few weeks ago and and write about it and um just taking a quick look here what else was uh well, let's go through the white list. Uh, sure, let's the, do that. There was, there was a few that that uh, that I tasted before. Obviously, that Viognier, uh, Niagara College, uh, another sparkling wine, and uh, a gentleman by the name of um, uh, Fred Couch. I don't know if you uh, know Fred. Yes, I do. Okay, so Fred uh, reminded me uh, this week on Facebook. He said back in two thousand eight, I had predicted that Niagara, that sparkling wine in Niagara, was the next big thing. So I guess we're, what, eight years later, and sparkling wine in Niagara is really the next big thing because it seems like everybody is making it. Yep, and uh, I guess to, to further down the prediction, I know we have a few really great sparkling producers in uh, Prince Edward County, but yep. I predict it getting much, much bigger there as that uh, wine region really uh, begins to plant its roots in the in the province and sort of expand what's happening there. We're getting great Pinot Noir and great Chardonnay, so it's only logical that we will move on to having a really great bunch of sparkling wines coming out of the county. Yeah, that's what you make good sparkling wine from. There's some good sparkling wines made from Riesling and other things, but Pinot and Chardonnay are the two babies. And uh, I've thought that uh, the county should be, you know, they should not be even looking at ice wine. They should be going exactly the opposite direction for sparkling. Yep. Uh, so I like the Niagara College uh, Teaching Wineries Balanced Brute, which I thought was very good, and uh, another sparkling that uh, I'm a I was I'm a big big fan of, uh, Trius Wineries uh, Rosé Brute, which doesn't sound new to people, but uh, they have changed it just a little bit. The dosage is now made with Gamay, and uh, people should know that you and I one are huge Gamay fans, yes. but now to see it as the dosage in a sparkling wine made from uh, Pinot Noir and, and Chardonnay, it really lifts the game up here. It does. I mean, it, it is interesting. And I'll be honest, I didn't get a chance to, to taste the that particular wine at Cuvée, but I have tasted it recently since they have switched that dosage to, uh, to Gamay. 
So, um, any any other whites that really uh, stuck out to you? Well, I've got stars beside a bunch of them on my list. Um, the Pick two... them top three. You got to go to, if you had to go top three or top five, if you insist. Okay, I can do I can do top five. I don't think I can do top three. Uh, I can't put them in any specific ranked order because so many so many of them were so good. But uh, Adamo Estate with their Riesling, nineteen dollars and ninety five cents. It's an off dry Riesling with just this nice uh, mineral note to it. And this may not be the easiest thing to to drink in the in the winter if you aren't a fan of wines that do have that residual sugar to them that have that little bit of sweetness to them. But I, I think this is something I can really see myself drinking. This is something I, I really enjoyed when we tasted it. I enjoyed it when I tasted it at uh, an event in Toronto a few weeks prior uh, where they were serving Indian food. And it's just nice to have a, a, a good, well-put-together Riesling that can hold up to the, the spice from from Indian food. All right. I liked the uh, Cat Hill Creek uh, Small Lot Old Vines Riesling. Uh, the complete opposite of what we got from Adamo, bone dry, uh, just tons of citrus and mineral notes, just a really gorgeous, well put together Riesling. As mentioned, the oldest, if I'm not mistaken, the oldest Riesling vines in Niagara on the Lake. Yes, I believe the note I saw was planted in 1976. Yeah, so they're, and they've got uh, three or three, clo- three different clones on the property. So very, very interesting what they've got there. And uh, I like to see that they're doing the small lot these days. Yeah, me too. As opposed to just making the big, huge, uh, you know, uh, mass market Chardonnays and Pinots. What they really have is those small lot, small plot, small block uh, versions of wine. And it's surprising because while we're uh, recording this uh, podcast, uh, I'm sipping on a, a Cattail 2009 Catastrophe Red. So, how's that held held up? Surprisingly, pretty good. The acidity is good. It tastes more Pinot esque. I was just looking at the back label to try and figure out what it was made from, and all there is is the uh, the story of what happened here. Uh, oh, there it is. Blend of Gamay Merlot and Cabernet Franc. I'll tell you the truth, it tastes Pinot. <laughs> so interesting. I never would. Have, I never would have guessed it was those those grapes, but it's a it's a pleasant, easy drinking red. Anyway, back to your top five. Um, the sixteen mile twenty thirteen Tenacity Chardonnay, another uh, really interesting wine from this winery that a lot of people seem to be talking about with um, the quality of the wines that are coming out, and also the fact that they're all completely affordable. But one fun thing about that wine is it was made without any uh, sulfur to kill the fermentation. Oh, it's just a okay. really well put together, you know, full bodied Chardonnay that has um, some nice acidity to round out the package. And I think um, I think you mentioned to me. Uh, at the event, because obviously we bumped into each other, yes. uh, that uh, Thomas Batchelder is not making the wine, or didn't make this version, it's uh, a different person this time. Right, so uh, Thomas had helped oversee the winery when they got it started, so up to 2012 he had a hand in making some of the wines. Uh, Reagan Kapach has taken over the winemaking duties starting in 2013, so this is absolutely 100% uh, her project, and the winemaking at 16 Mile is still in very good hands. Excellent. All right, so that's three. You got two more. Uh, the Ravine Vineyard Chardonnay 2014. Oh, oh, oh they always 
I hate to say it, they make a good Chardonnay. You know me and Chardonnay. <laughs> you know, one of these days you are going to rip up your ABC membership card on this podcast. It was just, it was just good. I mean, another, another full-bodied uh, Chardonnay that maybe didn't quite have a little bit of funk that you get in the tenacity Chardonnay, so it's a little bit more refined. Um, but both of them, something I would equally be happy to open and pour. Okay, and your last top five white. Uh, I'm sticking with the Malivore Bizu sparkling wine that uh, was, that we was, was top of my list. Yeah, yeah, Bizu Brut. Twenty nine ninety five. That's a good price for a sparkling. And they didn't make a lot of it. No, nope. which is another 30, reason why thirty six months sure this on podcast lease. I'm not mistaken. Pinot Chardonnay. Yep. And it's another reason why we need to get this podcast out quickly because some of these wines may be sold out by the time you get to the wineries. So moving on to reds, uh, I definitely have my top. Uh, I got a top three here. I got a top three as well. All Actually, right, never mind. Uh, I got to make it a okay, top let's four. Let's go with. Uh, let's go in. Let's go in alternate. You start. Okay, I got to go with the top four. I'm gonna, I, I lied about the top three. It's just one of them are sort of painful because um, I'm very critical of Syrah from Ontario, although lately the wines I've been tasting have been very good. It seems like uh, there's a few sites who have realized that they can do it every year regardless of vintage. So uh, the Creekside Broken Press Syrah. My top wine of the night. Oh, top wine. Just Top gorgeous. score, top wine. I could, I could, li- I could live in that bottle. And nipping at its heels were the uh, was the Cassaba Reserve Syrah. Uh, not as good as I I think the Terrace Syrah is is always just a little bit better. I'm not sure why. I just like I like what it has inside it. You know what? I I agree with you, but the Terrace Syrah wasn't what they were pouring, and the Reserve no, Syrah true, is, but I is mean, nipping at the heels. I mean, if we had the the Reserve Syrah, the Terrace Syrah, and the Broken Press Syrah all on one table, I don't think you or I would complain, and we would have a hard time saying anything ill about the varietal or about the wines being made. No, good Syrah is good Syrah. Because no Syrah, Syrah. Okay, Syrah, Syrah. Next uh, up. Chateau de Charme 2012 Aculus. It's on my list too, so we're uh, we're still doing all right there. I, I really like this Aculus. I tried this uh, at the winery, and again, uh, that night, uh, you know, it's their usual uh, 50% Cab Sauve, 25% Merlot Cab Franc, uh, you know, only in the best vintages, 2012, obviously great vintage. The best thing is it was showing so well because I know that this is a wine that is going to age for quite a while if you're building a collection yep. and you're looking for an Ontario red wine that has the potential to age. This, this one was place much much more approachable sooner, which uh, I, I find a rarity in the Aculeus. I, I find that they easily take five years to come into their own but this one was like i could open that up now and pour myself a glass and enjoy it all night uh my number four should be a surprise to no one and that would be the stratus vineyards uh 2013 gamay oh just in my just bubbling underneath for me i like that wine so why did you like it well here's the thing is they just recently uh finished up the 2012 gamay which was something that was very the anti Beaujolais, let's say that. I think the best that was way Australian. I, well, the best way I've been saying it is it's like if uh, California and Beaujolais had a bastard child and they put a Stratus label on it. You know what? I still like that wine. I do like the twelve. Oh, I, I love like it too. The twelve. The, the thing it's is, not, it, it's, it's not Gamay. 
but I like the 12. But but at the same time, it is gamey. It holds on to these little shadows of the varietal characteristics. So you do get a little bit of spice. You do get a little bit of pepper. But it's just like, it's like being punched in the mouth with, you know, cherry-flavored gloves. Yep. Now, the 13 is still what you would expect from uh, from Stratus. So very concentrated and, and, and very powerful. But... It's a little bit more restrained compared to the 2012. This is showing more uh, crew Beaujolais characteristics. My uh, my top three were rounded out. Like at the creek side, I've got the uh, the Culeus. Um, believe it or not, the Peninsula Ridge, uh, 2012 Vintners Private Reserve Merlot. Really liked that Merlot. That doesn't or- surprise me. Peninsula Ridge is one of the few wineries in Niagara that I will rush to to get my hands on. Their Merlot on, in any vintage or any given time. It's always great. And as you know, Merlot is going to become an, almost an endangered species going forward. And uh, this is just a really lovely barrel selection. Only 200 cases made. $30 for a wine that could hold very easily. And surprisingly, uh, or not surprisingly, I guess, the following day, I went down to my cellar and found the 2010 Private Reserve Merlot. Uh, drinking very well, but if you've got some in the cellar, it's time to drink it. You don't want to hold it any longer. Time to drink that that Merlot. Just as a, as a note to this, and nothing to do with Cuvée, I found that with a lot of the 2010 Reserve Merlots that I've had a chance to visit recently, like even the um, the Hillebrand RHS Merlot, it just hasn't been holding on quite as long as I think a lot of people thought it would. But there's nothing wrong with that. Just if you got your 2010, it's time to start drinking. Yeah. That's what I would do. Now, I know you didn't get a chance to go to uh, to Taste Ontario, which was held at the ROM. No, I did not. I was unfortunately up the street at the at the radio station at CFRB. Which is where you work. Yes. So uh, I will give you a quick top five uh, from what I tried there. And uh, I'm going, I, I just know by the time I hit number three, I'm going to do these in alphabetical order because that's the way I have them listed here. Okay. I know by the time I hit number three, I'm going to hear it from the peanut gallery. So just try and bite your tongue just a little bit as I go through these. Are they all Chardonnay? No. They are not all Chardonnay. Okay. Oh, as I said, peanut gallery should keep quiet. Okay. <laughs> at this time. So, um, uh, again, in no particular order, well, in alphabetical order, I guess, is the way I'm going to do this. 2027 Cellars, 2013 Chardonnay, Aberdeen Road Vineyard. Do I still have to be quiet? You still have to be quiet. Okay. Uh, Cave Spring 2013 Cabernet Franc Estate. Probably the best uh, 2013 Cabernet Franc I have tried to date. Has all the great Cabernet Franc characteristics that I'm looking for uh, from a not-so-stellar vintage. An okay vintage, but not-so-stellar. But still, you know, that's it's it's a decent vintage. Henry Pelham, 2014, Speck Family Reserve Chardonnay. Um, uh, very good Chardonnay. Uh, I was very impressed with that one. I'm still I'm keeping surpri- my mouth shut. I was I was surprised you could actually do it. You must be you must be bleeding. Can you taste copper? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, Ridge Point, 2012, Cabernet Apasimento. Uh, I know that uh, Apasimento uh, is one of those controversial topics in Ontario 
Uh, should you know, we be doing it? Should we not? We'll, we'll, we'll touch case- on it. We'll touch on it in more detail in uh, a future podcast. But I mean, when push comes to shove, I don't believe in crapping on something for the sake of crapping on it. No, I uh, except if it's called meritage. But um, <laughs> this apacimento was very good. Shows another reason why apacimento should be made in Ontario. And finally, uh, the Stratus 2014 Gamay, not going to be released till. The 13 is is run its course, but that should be later this year. Uh, I thought this was possibly the purest form of Gamay that has been made at Stratus to date. How does it stack up to the 2013? Because now you've recently tasted 12, 13, and 14. Uh, You did try 14? No, I did not. I wasn't going to the event. I'll have to uh, bug some people about that. Uh, lower lowest alcohol because if I'm not mistaken, the 13 was 13.9, the uh, 14 was 13.8. Um, a more purity of fruit uh, and a lighter style, and I understand that's the the direction they're going to try and go with their gamay. So lots of cherry, touch of white pepper. This it just to me it screamed gamay. I really wanted to throw a chill on the bottle and just go sit on the back deck and and usually. Uh, for the Stratus Gamays that I had tried previously, like the 10 and the 12, all I want to do is get a big steak and pull out the Gam. This one I could actually sit on the back deck, pour myself a glass, and uh, with that little bit of a chill, just enjoy it on a summer afternoon. It was it was really good. I really like that lighter, cleaner style. I can't wait to taste it. It's well worth it, my friend. So anything else that you want to add? No, I think that's it. I think that really does the uh, the taste Ontario and uh, cuvee. That gives you our our top picks anyway. Uh, so you should rush right out and get them. Yes. And uh, if anybody has any comments of what they tried at cuvee or taste Ontario, please throw them in the comments section. Um, and I'm sure you can tell them where they can find the podcast. Well, you can go to iTunes, look for Two Guys Talking Wine, and uh, you can check the website, twoguystalkingwine.com. Yeah, or my website, michaelpinkuswinereview.com. Mine, andrewinereview.ca. And uh, that'll, uh, that's a wrap-up for this special edition of Two Guys Talking Wine. But this is not like a George Lucas special edition that sucks. This is like no, a good special no. edition. So We're, we're not going to change anything in the middle. No Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, and uh, we're not going to take the cigarettes out. And Han still shoots first. That just sounds dirty. Okay, bye. Good night. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe at twoguystalkingwine.com.